Welcome to Brad Golf Podcast, podcast for the average golfer. My name is Dermot Bradfield and golf is in my blood. Join me as I fumble my way around this fascinating sport. Hello everyone, welcome back to Brad Golf. It's the 7th of October 2020. This is episode 20. We've made the big 2-0 of the Brad Golf podcast series. This week, uh, we're going to recap on very exciting Scottish Open and Sergio's victory across the pond at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Nigel's picks, we're going to look at those for BMW Championship at Wentworth. That's the big one this week. And Shriners Hospitals for Children Open over the pond in the US. We'll also discuss current events on the PGA Tour and back at home. As usual, please do subscribe to the podcast. You'll find Brad Golf TV on various different podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and others. Please follow, retweet, like, share, etc. on social media. You'll find Brad Golf TV on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and you'll find bradgolf.ie on Facebook. You can also contact us at bradgolftv at gmail.com. Again, another busy week on social media and emails. We've got a few requests, so we're going to go to one of those today in Rules Corner. So let's get this party started. Hello, Nigel, and welcome. Dermot, how are you? You keeping well? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you getting on golf-wise? Did you have any good golf over the weekend? I played to my handicap on Saturday. You know, nothing, nothing spectacular. It was quite a tough day, actually, on Saturday, weather-wise. Saturday um, was tougher was than amazing. Friday, wasn't it? The CSS was, was tougher on the Saturday than it was on the Friday, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I might play Friday this, this week instead. <laughs> It'll probably be the other <laughs> yeah. way around. Yeah. And you called it last week. You said, you know, I put you on the spot at the end. I said, right, pick one. Pick either the Sanderson Farms or the Scottish Open. What are you going to pick? And you said, Scottish Open. All the way, you said. And it turned out to be the better watch. Now, that's not taking away from uh, Sergio's great win across the water, but I personally thought Scottish Open was compelling viewing, particularly coming down the last nine. It's a better watch. Mm. Uh, what, a final, what a final day it was at Aberdeen. And as well, a, kind of a mirror, a mirror image of what had happened to the Irish Open for, um, for Aaron Wright. What, what a great smash and grab he had this time round with his 64 the opposite of the week before where Gatl- or Catlin beat him uh, with a 64 at the Irish Open. So what did, what did, you, what did you make of, all, of it all, the Scottish Open? I thought it was, uh, well, because the weather was so bad here on Sunday, I actually sat down and watched it, uh, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it was great. It was great entertainment. Uh, the coverage was very good, right from the front nine all the way through. And I, every, there, everyone kind of had a chance I was personally rooting for Robert Rock to win, you know, Robert of the great hairstyle. But just I on the last hole, he... And this is something we've talked about a lot. Why did he get out the Whether to push or chip when you're, yeah. when, you're, when you're close to the green. And I think that's obviously a, a situation where you should push because I didn't think there was too much area to land the ball. Yeah. And oh. he... he I, I don't know. I think he had a little bit of a... A brain scramble there. Yeah. And I think he missed out in the playoff because of it. He did, undoubtedly. Uh, I, I thought when Tommy held his putt on 18, after he, he after missing so many opportunities in the back nine, I thought, this is his for the taking. And really, it ended up that his putt and let him down overall. 
Yeah, I really think that's a major Achilles heel for him at the moment. That putting grip is shocking to look at. Well, he left He's two such out a there. Bo- good ball striker. He, he left, left two, I think three nearly. Well, three if you include the playoff hole. But in the back nine, he left two out there. There's two short putts he missed. But in the playoff, I mean, that was that was terrible. Well, he missed birdie, short birdie putts on, uh, I think it was 16 and... He missed one on 13, but he missed another chance early as well. He well, just, they were the two I was thinking of the back point. nine in particular. When 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 the yeah. when when the shit was yeah. hitting the fan, he left he left two out there, and definitely the playoff hole as well. Yeah, that was disappointing. But if I can bring you back to the to to Rock and that 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 wedge that he took there on the on the 72nd hole when he was what he was maybe eight eight yards from the green kind of stuff, and um, it reminded me actually now that you said it of. Uh, you'll remember this. We were out in um, Leytown, Betty's Town, and it was, I'm pretty sure it was the last hole we played. So this was in the um, Leinster quarterfinal in the Jimmy Brune. We were, did we win three and two maybe? Um, but we were, the last hole we played was the, the part three. I think it was the 15th, 15th or 16th. Um, it was a fair, it's a long part. 16th, part, was, yeah. 16th yeah. yeah. Long part three. It was kind of a tree rescue, I think, on the day that you hit, you hit it. Uh, kind of pin high at the side of the green. The, our opponents were in trouble on the hole. Uh, they were below the hole, if I remember correctly, because if you missed right, there's a big slope down to the right-hand side, and I think they had missed right. And um, When they came up, they were and actually They were two outside. down at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it looked safe, but I was at the edge of the green, and I got out my wedge, because like at, at that part of my career, I suppose, golf career, if you can call it that, my short game close to the green was was pretty decent with with my with my 60 degree so i got out to 60 degree and i i think Brad, uh, paul bradshaw was there the manager and you were there and you were like no 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 get out your putter and i was like no 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 i'd be grand and of course if i had bladed it which could have happened we were down that hill and now we're fighting um so it was like just push just put it onto the green anywhere onto the green we've won we've, and we've won and i was like oh come on i want i want to chip it and i want to chip it close but i got out the putter i just knocked it on the green it wasn't a great putt i just put it mm. on the green somewhere and that was the match over but before that i think it was and it was the same day we were oh, maybe on the sixth we were heading out from uh, the clubhouse I think it was around the sixth hole on the way out um, and again i had a chip i was just off the green and we had parked the bags a little bit further away. And as we were walking up to the green, it was probably a 12-yard 12 yard chip, maybe 15-yard chip. And I had my wedge in my hand. And you were like, you should, maybe you should put it. And I said, no, no, let, let me take the wedge. And I said, put your putter back in the bag. Remember me saying that to you? I was like, don't bring your putter up with you. Because I want to mm. show them. I want to show them that's how much confidence we have in me chipping it to give me range, so that you weren't going to have to put it. And uh, I did. I chipped it to. I chipped it dead, so you didn't even have to put it. Um, but yeah, I did think of Robbie Rock at that moment in that, and I definitely felt he should have put it on the set. Like when he was approaching it, I was like, "Oh, I don't know about this," um, and it was costly. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, and he he got in a ruling before that about in. in uh, embedded ball or some sort of casual water or what, or what in front of the green and it was just I don't know he you know the putt a good putt is better than a, or a bad putt is better than a bad chip yeah everything. as they say and and a putt is always the percentage play he was going to guarantee himself a playoff at least you know if he two puts if he chips there's very little margin for error, and as as it happened, he he 
he hit a very heavy handed chip. Well, it was a, he just hit it too hard. Basically, know, the chip yeah, was okay. He just didn't have that margin for error with the chip. Yeah. And he ended up hit the chip too long and missed the putback. And, and you know, that's it. Yeah. That cost him, I reckon that cost him easily well over 100 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Because if and he gets in the playoff, and even if he loses in the playoff, he's tied second. Yeah. But now he's third on his own. Yeah. And, you know, I reckon it cost him. 120, 130 grand. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, a smash and grab, really, with that 64, which was nice to make up for the week before the Irish Open. And yeah, I agree. Tommy left a few out there. Yeah. Putter was. Yeah. Crossing. You got to hand it to Aaron Roy. He, yeah. he shot the 64, posted the total, yeah. and said to them, listen, you know, try and match that or try and better that. And I, I loved his discreet fist pump. When he got that put on the on seventy second, he he, he kind of, yeah. he turned away from everyone. He was a discreet, like you know, under the chin kind. Of, and I really liked that. I have to say, I was impressed with it. Um, he was fairly muted in his when he won. Now, in fairness, he actually showed a lot of respect for did. Tommy because Tommy had made a, a you know a bit of a mess of the last hole, so he didn't. He wasn't given it the big yeah. roar I, or big fist pump. He made reference to that as well. He said he kind of didn't want to win it that way and no one would um, and he had a lot of respect and it shows the, the I suppose the man that, that he would say something like that um, particularly his first win and such a major win as well it was um, there was a huge amount of respect there which was good to see yeah, it's not his first European Tour win sorry it's, sorry. His, it's definitely his biggest win he yeah. won uh, in, he won the Hong Kong Open that's one that sticks out in my mind and it does He's a guy, I remember seeing him on the Euro Pro Tour that they show on, on Sky Sports three or four years ago. Right. Uh, which, is, which is one of the satellite tours that feeds into the Challenge Tour. And he got onto the Challenge Tour and went on to the, uh, the main European Tour. So, you know, he's, he's paid his dues. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's, you know, I'm not sure I'd like to play with two gloves. And he, the fact that he's got hoods for all his irons looks a bit kind of gammy. Yeah. But you know he's very Orphan. effective. You know he's yeah. a, he's after getting a runner up and a and a win. You know he's uh, he's sorted now. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it's a delight for the guy. Um, and I'm I'm a big fan of his sponsors as well. Uh, me and my golf, the two lads, two British lads who have a great YouTube channel for for any of our viewers who want tips on how to you know stop hitting the fade, stop hitting the slice or whatever it might be. You name it. They have a really, really good channel there on YouTube. I check in from time to time. There's some great tips and advice. Um, and they're our sponsors. So yeah, me and my golf, check them out. We're getting no money for that. Why have I just plugged them? Okay, so Podrick was the best of the Irish. T9, uh, minus seven. Very impressive return to golf for him, considering he's been away for golf for so long. He just missed out in the Irish Open and the cut. And in fact... I think he would have actually featured quite well at the Irish Open had he just made the cut. He got the right end of the weather. There's no doubt that brought him back into the equation. But still, a minus seven, four off the leaders. Got to be impressed with that shooting. Yeah, and he loves playing in uh, Lynx golf, obviously, and as a two-time U- uh, Open champion. Yeah, he, he performed very well, uh, especially on Sunday. He put on a great round. He's actually playing with uh, Matt Southgate, who was my outsider pick for last week. And just got just got fell out of the each way places into tied ninth, yeah. so that was a bit frustrating. Uh, Andy Sullivan and and Juice Leighton uh, or Juice Leighton 
uh, were going well. They were in great position going into Sunday, but didn't really. Well, Juiced was uh, played all right, but Andy Sullivan fell away, which is disappointing because I thought there was an each way place there at least. Yeah. Overall, I, uh, I mean, I got four of the five picks into the, the weekend, but Thomas Peters is a real disappointment. I watched his last couple of holes on uh, Friday, and you know his his attitude really went um, in the last few holes. Uh, and his game was falling apart, but he didn't. He, you know, he his temper got the better of him and missed the cut as a result. And well, someone should have told him like that. Brad Golf were, were dependent on him, and all our viewers. And, well, I apologize for that, but I thought he was. I thought he'd kind of since you, becoming a father. I thought he'd calm down a bit, but I think you, you don't need to apologize. You know, he needs to apologize, Nigel. We need to get him on. The to demons are still. Yeah, well, he's he's definitely <laughs> on the on, on the negative list now. Yeah, yeah, for the future. And across the pond at the Sanderson Farms, really, there was only one. There was only one story over there. Well, okay, there might have been a couple of stories, but the main story was Sergio. So his first three and a half years since he's had a win on the PGA, actually since the 2017 Masters, right? Um, it's moved him back into the top 50, where he had dropped out of for a week. He dropped to 51st. He's back into the top 50. Can I just and, say they said yeah. they made a lot about that on the in the coverage of the you know it was his first PGA Tour first first big win in three and a half years he's won four times since then he's won three times on the European Tour they and once count. in the Asian Tour they, they, so they, the Americans are, are so biased or they are they, it doesn't exist to them I mean it's yeah. the PGA Tour yeah. or bust um, but. The, the, the story, though, was not the victory. Um, even though, it must be said, the way he won it on the 72nd hole, he slammed the door shut. I mean, it was such a fantastic way of closing out the tournament, yeah. putting, putting it to, what, two foot, two foot six inches, um, and holding the birdie yeah. putt to win it. Fantastic. Even, this, even he wouldn't miss that putt. <laughs> but the story was, he was interviewed earlier in the week, and the story just rumbled on over the weekend, which was that he confirmed that... He won the Masters in 2017 with his eyes shut for the putting. There had been rumors about this for some time, but he was interviewed on it during the week. He confirmed he's been putting on and off, but for the most part, he's been putting with his eyes closed. And all the camera angles all weekend, the cameramen were working really hard to give you a shot of his face as he approaches the ball and as he plays his shot. He is playing with his eyes shut putting. Now, Nigel, on Monday, I was down at the golf club. I was on the practice green. I hit a few putts with the eyes closed. And I have to say, it, it's nice for feel. It's very, very nice for feel. But would I do it in, you know, on the 72nd hole at the Masters? I'm not sure. Would I do it for 72 holes at the Masters? I'm not sure. What did you think of that, playing with your eyes closed, just for putting, for the record? I was very surprised to hear that, especially that he said that he, he was actually doing it for some of his win in the Masters. Yeah. He, he has severe putting demons, a lot of scar tissue from missed putts. I mean, he lipped out for a putt to win the Open when, when the year that Harrington beat him in the playoff, he had a putt on the 18th in regular uh, play to win it, lipped out, and then was hammered in the playoff. He missed putts in the in the PGA that uh, Harrington beat him in. He's missed putts at other uh, big tournaments. And I know when, when Tiger beat him in Hoylake in 06, his putting in games fell apart. Uh, he's always been an unbelievable ball striker and his, and his ball striking basically won it for him on Sunday the, you mentioned the shot on 18 was unreal that was an 8 iron from about 170 yards but the shot on the 14th the par 5 the 3 wood 
oh. that just caught the top of the bunker and then rolled to about six feet for an eagle. That was yeah. just incredible. Yeah, it was a, There was a touch of Seve to that when he was, you know, shouting at the ball and everything. I thought that was. I was back actually enjoying watching Sergio play because he's really been a. He's been a bit of a dick for the last uh, few years. But he 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 was impre- he was very impressive on, on Sunday, and uh, he he definitely showed he was back. That was very dis- that we didn't because I actually had put him up a couple of months ago because he was at a good price, and I'd put him up. I can't remember what tournament it was, and he was an even better price uh, for. The, and I was wondering why he was in the Sardinus and Farms like he he'd never played the tournament yeah. before, as far as I'm aware, and he was I think he was fifty to one or more. So we missed out big time there. There's a big link between that tournament and the Wyndham Championship. I mentioned it in my preview, and, and Sergio won the Wyndham Championship in 2012. So, you know, for the future, those two tournaments are highly linked in terms of form. Yeah, well, it, it, he's looking good for, if he keeps that ball striking, maybe even a return in, in November to, uh, to in the Masters. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to set you a challenge, Nigel. Well, no, we're getting into winter golf, so it, it's going to get less serious. Let's put it that way in 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 Donabate and across the country for golfers. You're not going to have medals. You're not going to have you know stroke play and things like that during the winter. So I'm going to set you a challenge. Some weekend during winter golf, uh, we're both going to play eyes wide shut for putting and see who does better. See who hits the least amount of putts. Right now, I'll give you notice on it, so you'll get a little bit of time to get a bit of practice in with it. But we're going to play whether it's twelve holes or fifteen holes in the winter, of eyes wide shut for putting and see who can do better. Challenge accepted. All right, accepted. Yeah, wait. We'll wait for the twelve holes. <laughs> yeah, no, we wait until obviously. I, I'm not. I, it can't be in the winter league because I'm not playing for myself then. No, the lads don't trust you on the greens anymore. Ever since you, uh, no, no, threw the putter. Well, dropped the putter. I should I threw say. the putter. <laughs> Yeah, so we might we might set that up for some Saturday there when we get to twelve holes. That would be a bit of fun. In cool. other news, then, so moving away from the Sanderson, well, really there isn't much news actually, um, other than to say at the BMW, which we're going to review in a moment with uh, with Nigel's picks, we've got three Irishmen in the field. We've got Padraig Harrington, Graham McDowell, and Shane Lowry in action. It is the tournament of the the weekend, really. Wentworth. A lot of history in that in that in that course as well. So you're looking forward to the BMW, Nigel? Oh yeah, it's a great tournament. I mean, uh, Wentworth is you know it's been a course that's been on TV, and I've watched on golf for 30 years or more. Especially this time of year. Um, back in the day, it used to be the the old World Match Play. It used to be on in October, uh, where they'd actually show 36 old matches like that you'd, you'd see. Seve Wynn or Faldo or Montgomery, Ernie Els, they all play, and, and BBC would show the whole final, every shot. And it was, uh, Good so days. the course, especially the last, the last four holes are quite familiar. Although they've changed a lot. I mean, Ernie Els has, has, has done um, modifications there to the course at least twice. So the course has changed over the years, but it's more or less still true to the original design. Yeah. One of the classics. Um, I think classics. it's it is a classic. I, it may be a little overrated in in spots because, but I think the fact that it's uh, it has it generally stood the test of time. Uh, I think the the two par fives to finish 
it can lend uh, uh, an, uh, an atmosphere of excitement because the tournament is never over. Someone yeah. can finish with two eagles. That's it. Uh, but I think it's not a great way to finish the course, yeah. really. <laughs> it's a bit strange, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. If I can move in then to Rules Corner, so it's proving to be very popular with our listeners. We've got another query. I think this one might be a little bit easier for you. I'm setting you up now for a, for a win this week, Nigel. I think you're 2-1 at the moment, not that I'm keeping track or anything, on, uh, <laughs> on, your, on, your, on your competition scores here. Um, but I think you might, do, you, you might do okay on this one. I got a query. So someone, uh, again, wants to remain nameless, this person was playing a game the other day. Uh, I think it was on Saturday in the medal, and we were playing one blue. So the first blue in Donna Bates, it's a tough par four. What is it, index three, I think, there, there thereabouts. Um, so it's a, it's a tough par four, um, 407 meters kind of thing, I think. Or maybe it's either 397 or 407, but it's somewhere in that space, uh, meters. And so, uh, the, the chap was on the tee, hit his tee shot, and hit it well, hit it. Good distance, but mad right, right? So it was very much right. And on the right-hand side of the fairway, there is a penalty area, a ditch that runs along the right-hand side. It pretty much runs, actually, from, um, from 100 meters from the tee box. It runs all the way up to the green. So it's, it's quite a long uh, ditch. But he cleared the ditch. And on the other side of the ditch, there's uh, an actual... Uh, path or track I suppose is about the best way of putting it and on the other side of the track there's another ditch and on the other side of that there's actually um, a rough and fairway belonging to the sixth blue so this individual had actually cleared the penalty area on the first blue cleared the track cleared the penalty area on the sixth blue and actually landed close to the tee box the ladies tee box on the sixth blue but in play okay so they went over, they found the ball, happy days. So he takes his second shot. It goes, you know, most of the way over, but it catches a three on the one blue side of this whole big penalty area, right? So it hits a three on the one blue side and drops into the ditch. So now the ball is sitting in the ditch in one blue on the right-hand side of the fairway, off the fairway, the ball's sitting in there. And... The chap takes a drop from the ditch in one blue and goes two club lengths to the left, bringing himself onto the rough in one blue. The question mark was, is that correct in doing that? Or should he have actually gone back over to the sixth blue to where his ball crossed and drop on the sixth blue side? So my question is to you, which is correct in this case? Or are they both correct? Um, did the player have the option of dropping on the six blue side of the penalty area or on the one blue side of the penalty area? So what's your view? And if you want to, any, if you want to ask any questions or if you have anything you want to clarify, go for it. I think they're both correct, correct options because he can, he can uh, do it where he thinks he crossed the hazard or he can do it on the other side, which is not near the hole where it's the nearest point of relief. Oh, Nigel, it's 2-2. You're in trouble, my friend. You're in trouble. So, um, I think I got this similar question wrong uh, a couple of weeks ago. Well, it's, yeah. so, I, my first instinct was that he, he, he has to do it on the sixth blue side and yeah. the, the, the point where it entered. Correct. And, and that's the correct answer. So uh, what actually applies is he's on sixth blue. Now, it's a relevant, actually, 
where he is, right? He's playing a shot from the course. He has to clear a penalty area that happens to be on two holes, right? There's, there's a penalty, but it's actually one big penalty area because, in fact, the pathway in between the two, um, the two ditches is also the penalty area. So the red stakes marks out this huge penalty area, which includes two ditches and a path. So he's playing a ball over that penalty area. Um, and unless he clears that penalty area, if he doesn't clear that penalty area, then he has to come back to the point at which he crossed that penalty area, which in this case is over on six blue. Now, if his ball had actually cleared the penalty area and then hit something and come back in to the, into, the, into the penalty area, so if he'd cleared it over onto one blue and hit you know, uh, the marker for the 150 marker, hit that and came back into the right-hand side into the ditch, on one blue, then yes, he would have been able to drop on one blue, but he didn't clear the penalty area. So that's the problem. His ball, it's almost like, imagine it was a big lake and he went three quarters of the way across the lake. Well, it's mm. irrelevant. It's your point of crossing. So if you didn't clear the lake or you didn't clear the penalty area, you have to come back to the point of entry or go back to where you played your original shot. You can't say, well, I was nearly over, so I'm just going to drop it on this other side. You can't. Um, so in that case, that wasn't an option to him. There is some confusion because there used to be a rule before that allowed you to drop on either side of a penalty area. That You used to be allowed to go to another side of the penalty area as long as you weren't closer to the hole. But that's no longer there under the new rules. The new rules say point of entry. Everything's point of entry now. It doesn't matter where your right. ball is. Even though he found his ball in the ditch on one blue, it didn't matter. He had to go back over onto the six blue side because that's where he crossed. It's mm. all about the point of entry. So you're back to mm. two, two. It's getting close. I like this one. Um, <laughs> thank you for the question. The person who asked it um, on the day said, I don't think you've got a drop there. I think you have to go over onto six blue. Um, I think it's at the point of entry. There was the, an other player that was with um, with this party, there was three playing, and the other player and the player in question said, "No, no, no, you can drop it there." Um, so they dropped it there, and it was incorrect. First thing I asked was, "Did he shoot a good score?" And he didn't. So at least he didn't win because if he won, it would have been a whole other question. Um, but yeah, interesting one. It's amazing how you know the red and the yellow penalty areas are the most common, I suppose. They're, they're the most common times in which players have to do something outside of the norm. Like some days you go down and you don't have to touch your ball once and you don't lose your ball and you don't need rulings and you just play 18 holes and it's fine. But more often than not, when you have to do something outside of the norm, i.e. pick up a ball or drop a ball, it's because of a red or a yellow stake uh, more often than not. And yet they're the ones that people struggle with rules wise. Um, and it, 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 it always fascinates me. Um, that one. But to be fair, I spent a lot of time reading the rules and studying the rules. I'm in the middle of studying for an exam that I have to do in a couple of weeks for my level two rules, um, rules official exam. And so I'm lucky in that respect. But for, for, for the average golfer, I think it's one they get caught on. Um, so yeah, hopefully our listeners will be clear now. Point of entry. Um, and not just our listeners. Nigel, I'll have to keep an eye on you the next time I'm playing you in match play. I'll be like, get back over there. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. So that's the rules corner. You gave, you gave me two options. You know, I took the easy one. <laughs> you took the easy one indeed. Um, right. So moving on from rules corner and on to Nigel's picks. So for, for, for this week, and actually a heads up on this, we won't be doing... And Nigel won't be joining us next week. He's got a busy week ahead of him, so he won't be able to join us next week. So we won't have Nigel talking about his picks, but there is a slim chance, 
um, that Nigel will have um, emailed out his picks and I'll read them on air. Um, so there's a, there's a chance that we'll be able to do that. We're making no guarantees on that. Um, and next week I might just take a different topic then and move, move away from um, what we've been doing in, in, in recent weeks. Um, I'll actually open it up to the viewers. If, if, if there's any viewers out there that would like a particular topic covered or a particular rules corner situation that they'd like to explore or just uh, something in general in golf that they'd like to get discussed next week, if you want to um, raise it through social media or email and I'll follow up on it for you for any of our viewers that are out there. But for now, let's move on to Nigel, your picks for this week. So we've got the BMW at uh, Winford. We'll probably start there and um, and then we've got Shriners. So off you go. Yeah, the BMW Championship, PGA Championship, which is the uh, obviously the, the flagship event for the European Tour. It's a Rolex Series event. It's got a pretty good feel this this uh, this week. We have uh, a late inclusion of everybody's favourite golfer, Patrick Reed, European Tour Hall of Famer oh. uh, and life member. He's uh, he's going to lead uh, lead the charge as the, in in terms of uh, star players. He's um, the favourite alongside Tommy Fleetwood in the betting market. Uh, we have a, we've got a Shane Larry and Justin Rose there as well as and Matt Fitzpatrick and it's a it's a good fit good field really. It's only 120 man field as well and and certain bookmakers are playing eight places so. Maybe have a have a sniff around for um, not. You don't have to take my advice here, but there's definitely going to be a better chance of of getting a winner this week with only 120 players. Yeah. So um, uh, we all we've all seen uh, Wentworth down through the years. As I said, it's it's been home to the the PGA Championship for uh, must be a few decades now. And also used to host the, the World Match Play in October, which is you would usually happen around this time of year. So it's it's going to be a bit of a trip down memory lane to see the course in in autumn, uh, all its autumn splendor. Yeah. So my first pick this week is a guy who's been going very well at the moment over the states. It's uh, Matt Wallace. Now Matt has played, as I said, very solidly on the PGA Tour. He was fourth. Recent memorial. He just missed out in the top ten at the Rocket Mortgage. He was he played very solid in the U.S. Open. Apart from maybe he faltered in the last round when he was probably trying to push too hard. But you know he's impressive over there. Uh, he came back over to Europe, and last week he was tied thirtieth. Now he he got on the wrong side of the draw and probably was pushing too hard on, on Friday. So he, he he only just made the cut, but he, he did well over the weekend. So, you know, he's a kind of a fiery player now whose behavior in the course has improved. He's no longer berating caddies. Uh, he's got a lot of ambition and he's got a definite will to win. Um, I just think that this could be the sort of course and sort of event that could springboard his career. Now his Wentworth uh, course form is is okay. You know he he was I think he tied fortieth last year, tied twentieth in twenty eighteen. He hasn't got a massive amount of experience here, but it's a course and a sort of a a type of venue that's going to probably suit him. And 
in the sort of form he's in, I think he's a worthy um, headline selection. So he's 30 to 1 at two points each way. Second selection is Adri Arnaus, a Spanish player who came up from the Challenge Tour a couple of years ago. Uh, when he came up in his rookie season, he was had three runners-ups and three other top tens. So he really, you know, established himself on the scene. Uh, obviously, 2020 has been totally disrupted by the pandemic, and he has really kind of gone very quiet. But uh, last week, he was back in Scotland. He was in one of the last few groups. Probably had a bit of a disappointing Sunday, but he was still in the top 30 and looked comfortable. Uh, so he seems to be back to his, you know, his competitive self. And at 80 to 1, a point each way, I think he's worth a, a bet. Okay. Uh, the third selection is Jazz Janawatanand, uh, the very hard to pronounce uh, Thai <laughs> player. You deserve a medal there, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he, you know, he's he's pretty much got a very international dimension to his game at the moment. He's he's played a lot in the states since the lockdown finished. Now he ha- he has form over there has been a little disappointing. He's missed a few cuts, especially in the the two majors, the PGA and the US Open. But when he came back to Europe uh, a couple of weeks ago, he almost won the Irish Open, came tied third. It was very impressive at Galgorm. And uh, this is his debut at the BWPGA, and it's the sort of stage where he can emulate the sort of, the sort of um, performance that a, a Benian did a few years ago. So at eighty to one, a point also a point each way. I think he's worth a bet. Cool. So the next selection is Nicholas Colsarts. Um, Nicholas is coming back to form at the moment. Top 10 at the English Championship. He was top 30 last week. Also got the wrong side of the draw, but performed well on the weekend. Uh, I think his form is coming up to sort of level that won him the French Open 12 months ago. So I think he's definitely worth a bet. In 2017, he was third here. So at 100 to 1, uh, 0.7 points each way, he'll definitely give you a run for his money. I mean, that's pretty a pretty good price for a guy who's a former Ryder Cup player coming back to form. Right. Also a very good price, also 100 to 1, uh, three quarters of a point each way is Shibankar Sharma, who's our last selection for this week. Uh, Shibankar obviously exploded on the scene in 2018 when he won the Joburg Open and the Malaysian uh, Open. It's, he's gone a bit quiet recently, but he was top 30 last week in Scotland. Uh, he's only played once before in Wentworth, and that was last year. He, he came tied 17th, I think it was. Uh, 100 to 1 is a very high price for that sort of pedigree, so I think he's worth the bet. So there are the five selections. It's Matt Wallace, 30 to 1, two points each way. Adrian House, 80 to 1, a point each way. Josh Janowatanand, also very hard to say, <laughs> 80 to 1, point each way. Nicholas Colesart, 100 to 1, two quarters of a point each way. And Shabankar Sharma, 100 to 1. Three quarters of a point each way. The Shriners Hospital for Children Open. Yeah, again, bit of a mouthful. This used to be called the Las Vegas Open. I prefer to call it the Vegas Open. We're definitely we're back in Vegas, the home of gambling. This will be actually the, the first of two events in, in Vegas over the next couple of weeks because the CJ Cup is going to be played at Shadow Creek next week rather than in Korea. 
But this week, the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open is back at TPC Summerland, which has been the venue for the Las Vegas Open for a couple of decades now. Um, it's, you know, it's a typical desert golf uh, venue, a little bit resort type. There's been birdie fests here in the past. And when Bryson won here a couple of years ago, he was 21 under as far as I can remember. But when Patrick Cantley won three years ago, he was only nine under because the wind got up over the weekend. Uh, and really, it was, a, it was a very tough course to play in. So there's talk of the wind being a factor on the weekend this week. So it's going to be tricky to pick a winner. You need a player who's got to start well and then grind over the weekend. We've got a very strong field this week. Bryson DeChambeau is the, is the clear favourite. Uh, we've got Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantley, who are just behind him in the market, who are also former winners here. Simpson won in 2013 and has got an unbelievable record here. He's been in the top 10 multiple times. It's one of his happy hunting rounds. But they're all pretty short prices. I mean, Bryson's 15 to 2, was Webb Simpson's 11 to 1. When we won on Webb Simpson back in the Heritage early in the year, we were on, it was, he was 28 to 1. And that's the sort of price you like to get him in. 11 to 1 in this kind of competitive sort of field, it just, it's just way too skinny. Yeah. Can't see Kevin Na repeating his feat from last year. He, he won the tournament last year. He gained 14 shots on the greens. I think he, <laughs> he, his total footage of putts was close to 500 feet for the week. It was, I think it was close to, maybe a PGA Tour record. I need to look up that. But he basically won it with the putter. It goes to show you that this tournament can be won in various different ways. He can be a ball striker with great approach. He can be long off the tee or he can put and scramble like Kevin Na. So, uh, I think the week weekend is going to make it interesting, so I'd possibly keep bets to a minimum. But this week, our headline selection is Abraham Answer, 50 to 1, 1.25 points each way. I'm kind of going for mid-range to long-range, uh, good each-way prospects, avoiding uh, the big beast at the top of the market. So Abraham Answer, he, he is he's a you know, mixed form at this event, but his standout uh, result was a fourth place here two years ago. Uh, since the return to golf after the lockdown, he's been in top form. You know, he, he possibly should have won at the Heritage, played well at Colonial. He was solid in the, the FedEx Cup playoffs, so he, he is in good form at the moment. With good course form and good recent form, I, and fifty to one, I think he is—he's shaded being the, sh the headline selection because I was thinking about putting up the second guy, and this is Cameron Davis at fifty-five to one, a point each way. Cameron Davis has, has been, you know, knocking on the door in the last few weeks. He's very—he's got multiple top twenties in the last couple of months. He played in the last group with Sergio. At the Sanderson Farms last week on Sunday, he uh, kind of fought a bit after his shooting 62 on the Saturday, but he's an unbelievable swing. Also, he can apparently play almost as well left-handed as right-handed. He's a highly gifted Australian player. He's got a swing that's almost as good as Adam Scott's. 
I think he's it's no secret that he's one for the future and I think he get his break his maiden and get his debut victory here Las Vegas this week third selection is one of my old favourites from last week because he got an each way tied six so it wasn't a full each way but at least he paid out something it's Danny McCarthy the old cork linked golfer oh yeah 66 to 1 again this week, a point each way. I just think he's a solid player. He's apparently ranked the top ranked putter statistically on the tour. He was tied ninth here last year. He was tied sixth last week. He, he He's the top 10 from a couple of weeks ago as well. He just, he's in current form. He's got course form. I think it's a no brainer. 66 to 1 is a very good price. Uh, fourth selection is our. Mad Mexican American guy, it's Pat Perez, hundred to one point seven five points each way. Pat Perez, great record termed. He's got a third and a seventh in the last three or four years. He is one in the desert before at the Bob Hope. He's lives down the road in Arizona in Scottsdale. You know, he likes playing in Las Vegas. He's got a tied ninth top 10 at the Safeway from just a couple, couple of weeks ago. He was uh, just outside of 20 in the, the Corrales. So, you know, he's got also got a bit of uh, current form. Now, we missed the cut last week, but we can, we can ignore that and just hope that Las Vegas brings it out the best. And Great hair. Two long Great shot. hair. Yeah, Great unbelievable hair. hair. Oh, yeah. He's a legend. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'd worry about with Pat is that he would draw, withdrew from two tournaments about a month ago, we withdrew from the Wyndham and um, the Northern Trust two weeks in a row. I think he's over whatever injury or whatever is going on in his head at the yeah. time. So, uh, but that was a that was that would be the only worry. Now we have two outsiders, a two into one this week, and I wouldn't really call them outsiders because. They've both shown long in the last couple of months. The first one is Tom Hoagie, 200 to 1, half a point each way. Tom should have gotten into at least top 10 at the Wyndham Championship uh, about a month or so ago. He's also had top 20s and top 30s since then. Uh, he performed well last week at Safeway, at the Sanderson, should I say. He was in the top 30. Safeway, he was also just inside the top 30. He's got a decent record. Yeah, he'd have tied seventh here in tw- in here at Las Vegas in 2017. So he's had a top 10 here before. He's got a bit solid recent form. He can, You know he's played well here before. I think 200 to 1 is way too much for a guy who uh, shotgun started, nicknamed Tommy Tables. <laughs> so Tommy Tables, Huggy is taken a tune to one. And our last selection is uh, possibly the best Chinese player in the, wor- in the world at the moment. How Tong Li may have a thing to say about it, but Jin Jun Zhang is our final selection, tune to one, also half a point each way. Zhang was... He was in the top, he was 11th last week at Corrales, 14th at the Safeway Open. He has a, he, he's only been, played in Vegas 
once before and he was 16th. So this is a guy who's come up from the Corn Ferry Tour two years ago. He was leading that. He was a, won the Order of Merit. He's shown he can perform in the PJ Tour already. He's got that recent form, you know, just outside the top 10. I think he can go a lot better this week. It's a sort of stage he can do it in. So he's taken as our outsider. So to recap, Pam Answer, 50 to 1, 1.25 points each way. Carmen Davis, 55 to 1, a point each way. Danny McCarty, 66 to 1, a point each way. Pat Perez, 100 to 1, 0.75 points each way. Tom Hoagie, 200 to 1, half point each way. And Jin Jung Chang, 200 to 1, 0.5 points each way. Well done. Well, there you, I, go. you deserve a medal for getting all those names because uh, you, you picked a few tough ones. Obviously, Denny McCarthy being the toughest of them all there. But um, yeah, you deserve a medal for getting those names right. Yeah. So next week, keep it simple with names. If you're not going to be here to, to actually name them out, just pick with the, stick with the Denny McCarthy's and the Pat Perez's and uh, make my job yeah. an awful lot easier. Luke List. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this weekend we have, uh, Nigel, it's the, let me check my diary here. We have a medal, don't we, uh, this weekend? Yeah, second medal in a row. Second medal in a row. This one is the September medal. Isn't September that right? September medal, yeah. yeah. Uh, last week we had the August medal. It's, it's, it, come here. It's, it's very, very interesting at Donna date at the moment. Uh, but we have our September medal. I'm go probably going to play Friday. Yeah, so if I play. Uh, checking the so, weather uh, here now. We'll see how it goes. What it's like. What are they forecasting long term? So we're seeing Friday. It's going to be a little bit cooler than Saturday. Possible rain looks. as well. Um, possible rain in the morning, but it looks a little bit better in the afternoon. When the wind is similar, so by the looks of this Saturday, it might be slightly better, but um, not much in it. Not much in it. You yeah, can still yeah. win it. It's all about how you play. You know. If you play badly, that's when you blame the weather. Oh, exactly. And come here, I'll take this opportunity as well to congratulate Harry. So Harry Morgan beat me in the Class 1 final on Monday. He gave me a bit of a spanking, if I'm honest with you. The highlight of the day, though, was second blue, which is our second hole. I put um, three wood to six feet, but I had to hole it for eagle to win the hole. Um, Harry had a gimme for birdie. Uh, he actually went for the eagle as well. Um, and he had a gimme for his birdie, so I had to hold a six-footer to win second blue. That was the highlight, and everything else really was a blur. Um, but Harry, Harry won well on the day. Um, I wasn't getting near him the way he was playing, to be fair. So congratulations to him on winning class one uh, for the year. I think he had his tough match in the semi-final. Oh, Derby. Yeah, cheers, Nigel. I think the semi-final did, was yeah. his, his tough game. That was the final in, in, in many respects. And, uh, you know, he just pipped Dara there. Dara got unfortunate in the bunker on the last. That kind of put him out. Yeah, he got an unplayable lie in the bunker. Yeah. And uh, that was, that was that. very unfortunate. Yeah. Because it so, sounded like it should have gone down 19. Yeah. Right. Well, um, don't work too hard next week. I know you can't join us. So, um, you know, I hope you don't miss us too much. And uh, we'll catch up with you in two weeks' time. So, no problem, Dermot. Talk to you then. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, bye. Bye. So just to confirm, this podcast is not sponsored in any way. All views expressed in this podcast are my own 
and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which I have been, am now, or will be affiliated. Please do subscribe to the podcast, Brad Golf TV. You'll find me on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Google, etc., etc. Please follow, like, retweet, and share on social media. It's Brad Golf TV on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. On Facebook, you'll find me at bradgolf.ie. And you can also drop me an email at bradgolftv at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you in the weeks and months ahead. You've been listening to Brad Golf Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please do come back soon and join me for another round.